So we are going to, this morning, just be, as I say, hopefully helping you to think a bit more creatively, to have a little bit more help in terms of how you can help your own personal self, as well as perhaps your school, your college, your youth group, your church, to think a bit more evangelistically, uh, and that's kind of what we're, we're looking to do. So we want really kind of to get your questions, and hopefully we'll be able to give a few answers as well. We just want to share a few stories about some of the churches that we've got experience with and what they've done, um, and then say hopefully give a chance for you guys to, to ask plenty of questions as well. Just a quick show of hands, who has been out on outreach with us this week? One, two, four, excellent. So five. Shannon at the back. Excellent. And we've had an amazing time. We were just kind of trying to work it out. We think we've probably, well, we don't think, we know we've definitely spoken to at least a thousand people on the streets this week on the three afternoons that we've been out through Who Cares on uh, Wednesday and then in our outreach in the city centre on Thursday and Friday. We reckon we've spoken to well over a thousand people And certainly from the feedback forms that we've been getting in terms of praying for people, we have prayed for certainly two, three hundred people out and about on the streets this week, which is really exciting. And uh, it's an amazing time that we've had and a real privilege and a joy to be able to go out and do that. Um, But also, obviously, we're we're fully aware that with all the evening meetings that go on and all those moments, you kind of have that great New Day experience. And it's brilliant and it's lovely and it's great, but it's not normal. It's not normal. And uh, my wife and I were talking about it even last night, just talking about kind of just that, that volume that you get in worship and the style and the preaching, and it's amazing. And you kind of, you think, oh, it's just outstanding. And you kind of go, oh, I'm really looking forward to next year. But actually, there's another 51 weeks of the year where New Day doesn't happen, and it's kind of just normal. But the good news is that normal is normal. And so kind of we're looking really to kind of how we can be, as we're saying as people were arriving, how we can take the message to Jesus to everyone we can, everywhere we can, in every way that we can. That's kind of our little kind of tagline at church in terms of training and equipping. We want to be able to take the message of Jesus to everyone we can everywhere we can, in every way that we can. And so really what we want to do is help you to think through, okay, I'm going back from New Day. I don't have a coach taking me into a town centre or a city centre to people I've never met before, but I'm going back into my hometown, into my home church with the people that I know, into my back to my school, back to my college, back to my university, back to my job. How do I help or how can I kind of take this enthusiasm from here and inject it into home? And so I'm just going to share a few stories of some of the stuff that we've done uh, in the past. Um, And then uh, Paige uh, is going to share a little bit about her personal story in this as well. Then we're going to hear um, the story of uh, a church in Croydon and then give you some time for Q&A. So one of the things that we've been doing out on the streets this time, and I know we've done it through boot camp in previous years, has been this idea of kind of looking and asking God for words of knowledge. Some people call it treasure hunting in a specific technique. Others is praying, just asking for prophetic words or words of knowledge. And what that is, is it's basically you Before you go somewhere and do something, you pray and you say, God, would you give me some words to speak to uh, or some clues to to go to a place or a picture of a person? 
We had it yesterday, and people were writing down on their uh, sheets. So we had someone yesterday who, on the coach to uh, Norwich, I think it was, was praying, saying, God, would you give me the, a picture of someone that you want me to speak to? And they felt that it was going to be kind of a, a, an older man with a walking stick with black trousers and a blue top. Okay? So some fairly specific things there. And as they were walking around Norwich, they saw a gentleman with a walking stick, with black trousers and a blue top. And they were able to go and just say, you know, we just, we just want to be able to tell you that, that God loves you. And got into conversation with him and he, and he teared up a little bit. And they were able just to, to pray for him and tell him that God loves him. Last year we were in uh, a town called Kings Lynn, and uh, again, some people we've been praying for with very specific words, and uh, someone felt that they had the word fisherman. And we were in the town centre, and they were kind of praying, and they were just sort of going, we've got this clue fisherman. I'm not too sure what this is about, because we're in the middle of a town centre, and there's just shops, and not a lot of fishing going on in the shops. And so we kind of got to halfway through the afternoon, and uh, they were kind of going, we've got this word fisherman, and we... We, we don't think we're wrong with it. We just, it. It's not seemingly going away. Fishermen. And I said to them, well, have you been to the river? Because right next door to Kingsley Town Centre is a massive river. And they were going, well, no, because we've been in the shops. We didn't even know there was a river. So we were like, well, come with me then. So I kind of took them by the hand and we went over to the river and there was like dozens of fishermen. And so they were able to have a load of different conversations with those people. When I was at uh, a church in Southampton, King's Community Church, the church that uh, Ben Rose uh, been at for a number of years, kind of we kind of I passed the baton of youth leadership on to him, and then he on to, to Wayne just recently as well, which is very exciting. Um, the guys there really kind of got this in their heart to be praying for words of knowledge. And so at Eden, which is the youth work on a Friday night, as a team, they would gather together. And actually, just there was a, a team of two or three of them. And every week before uh, the kind of the big youth group, they would meet for an, uh, half an hour before and pray and say, God, would you give us some words of knowledge? Because a lot of the guys who used to come to that youth work were, uh, were from a non-church background, for, from a non-Christian background, uh, and they, they basically would have words. And so just as that two hours of youth group normally unfolded, half past seven to half past nine, every Friday night, they were then walking around kind of, uh, you know, looking for the people that God had laid on their hearts or particularly some words or whatever it was, and they would go around. And what they saw as a result of that is a number of people coming to faith. Just on a Friday night, they would just kind of get into that conversation. They would start to see people coming to faith. And, and other times, it was kind of praying for miracles of healing. Very similar situation, similar setting, either through a word of knowledge or if someone was visibly going in, they kind of go blaster cast on the hand or they're limping or they look injured, whatever it was. And so they were willing to pray for people. And again, they would see miracles happening. And as a result of that, from what I understand, this happened a few years after we'd moved on and to, to Plymouth, what they then had is they had a, a room set up that was basically a bit like our prayer zone here at New Day. And they'd kind of just set up one of the rooms and they would have a team of two or three people there every night so that as the other guys were walking around and kind of praying for people and whatever, they could say, look, if you want to know more about who this God is and what he's about, if you go down to that room at the end of the corridor, that's where the guys are. And they'd love to be able to talk with you more and pray with you more and so on. And they've seen so many people 
being saved and added through the youth work in that way, which is really exciting. And it was just something that it was just two or three of them with a heart for it, went back, but it started to change the culture of what was happening in the youth work there. And actually what was then happening is those guys were then turning up on a Sunday and with testimonies being shared on a Sunday, it then becomes an increasing encouragement for the rest of the church, which is very cool. And so that was one of the things that that we did. Um, Another thing that we'd kind of thought through as well when I was the youth leader, and this was very much in the early days, so we're talking a long time ago. And uh, one of the things that we started to think through is what have we got in our youth work and what is it there for? Because a number of times you kind of get those moments where you kind of go, well, we do this on a Friday night because, well, we've just always done it that way. And so what we started to do is think through how does our youth work shape up? And what we eventually worked out is where we had some gaps and how we could fill those. So we kind of had a very simple model that we kind of were able to tell the young people, we were able to tell their families and their parents, so that kind of the whole church understood how our youth work worked. So on a Friday night, we had youth group. It was half past seven to half past nine. It was just pure fun. It was the usual kind of, well, we had... um, uh, we had a big venue in, at the church in Southampton, so we were able to do like volleyball, we had pool, we had table tennis, we had tuck shop, we had computer games, we had all that kind of thing. And that was basically just it. It was just there to be fun. We would do a little kind of what we, we called a half-time team talk because it was halfway through the evening and someone in the team did a talk. We're not very good at names. So we did a half-time team talk. It was literally five minutes. We asked everyone to come to our big venue and we'd share a story or we'd do a little bit of a gospel presentation, that kind of thing. And then kind of just disappeared off. So Friday night was very much the kind of front doorway into the church. If you kind of had no church background, no nothing, Friday nights was where you could come. From there, we then said, well, there's going to be people who, as a result of listening to the half-time team talk or listening to our young people or team, will want to know more. And so we set up a youth alpha. And we set up a youth alpha to run at our church on a Thursday night. And so that was kind of next step. So I've come along to Friday nights, kind of just doing the thing. I want to find out more, so I then go on into youth alpha. From youth alpha, we'd be then believing that people would get saved or certainly be much more open to the things of of church. And so we could then invite them to one of two things, either to come then on a Sunday morning or to come to one of our youth cells. And our youth cells, our, our small group network at that point, was very much, again, it was Bible-focused, and so we're helping people to grow in their faith. And then from there, or on a Sunday, whatever it is, they would then be kind of like going, okay, this is quite cool, ready to get saved and added, and very much then being a regular on a Sunday into our, uh, our uh, youth work on a Sunday, which is very Bible-based and very kind of like unpacking what, what God says for us. And then at that point, they're so excited that they want to bring their friends, and so they invite their friends to come to youth group on a Friday night in order for them to hopefully encounter more of Jesus and then maybe go to Youth Alpha. and then So, so we kind of had this very intentional and deliberate pathway that was in our minds. Now, we didn't talk about it that often, and we didn't say it to, our, you know, say it to the guests as they were coming in or to friends on a Friday night, oh, you're the new people, come on a Friday. But it was just kind of understanding a little bit of that kind of journey of where things are. Other things that kind of we've been involved in setting up, so we did um, a youth outreach very much in the early days. Again, um, not that many uh, unchurched people coming to our youth group, so we thought, well, we'll go and find some. So we had a 
a bus and we took it out and we just took hot chocolates out on the streets until the bus broke. Uh, the bus got so rusted that the top became separated from the bottom, which is not good if you're in a bus and like the chassis drives away, but the rest of the bus stays here. Uh, so at that point, we, we, we upgraded to my Volkswagen Polo. And uh, we kind of just opened the boot up of that and uh, kind of just served the, the hot chocolates out of there. And we went out onto two locations, one housing estate uh, and one local one to where the church was. And uh, just serving hot chocolates, engaging people in conversation, just having fun and then being able to invite them then to what was going on in church, which they did. So that was just kind of an easy peasy one. There was a group of about four or five of us that would go out each week to go and do that. Um, not primarily actually young people. We normally had a young person, one of the youth team, and then we had what was brilliant is we then involved the rest of the church as well. And actually that was really encouraging and really helpful because actually the whole church owns this kind of youth project, which is really cool. Set up a Christian union in our local school as well. I went and had a conversation with one of the teachers who I knew was a Christian, not part of our church, uh, but just said, look, we'd love to be able to run a CU. Would that be able to work? And they were like, well, I don't know. So they went and spoke to the headmaster. The headmaster was very open to it. Um, and so we kind of set up this Christian union to meet every uh, week after, after school on a Monday, I think it was. And uh, so we kind of did that. And that was great. And again, very much for Christians and church-going young people to come along uh, to kind of just get encouraged. And then we started to see them take some initiative to go and do stuff in the school. So actually, they just would spontaneously go and just do a litter pick around the school, which is great. And again, they just want to serve and bless what's going on in that area. One of the things, again, that we've done in Plymouth very recently is we've done two things. We've done, uh, again, we've run a youth alpha, and we've run a youth alpha on a Sunday morning. Because what we were finding is that the, uh, the, the guys who were coming to our youth group weren't then kind of too sure what to do next. And we said, well, look, why don't you come on a Sunday morning? We'll run this thing especially just for you on a Sunday morning. So it gets them used to where we meet as a church. It gets them used to our church building. It's run by the youth team, by the young people that they know from youth group. And so that we kind of did that thing. And that's been amazing uh, to be able to see them then kind of regularly then coming along on a Sunday. Um, that was the youth alpha. And then, yeah, the Friday night uh, youth group that we did was very much kind of twisted around from being very much focused on stuff for church and for young people. And essentially, we were doing kind of Bible studies and worship sessions and all that kind of thing. And we just said, like, actually, let's switch Friday nights to being very much more about reaching out, to be very much more open to other people coming along, just having some fun. And as a result of that, we've seen on our particular campsite this year, the guys from Plymouth, we've brought the group and most people in that group are regulars on our Friday night youth group, but they're not regular on a Sunday morning. And a number of them have come not knowing Jesus. Some of them are leaving knowing Jesus and others have known more about Jesus. But in that moment, we've actually got more people on our campsite that don't come to church than we do normally. And that's really exciting for us in Plymouth because our youth work is actually quite small. We've only got about three or four families with young people. So our actual core youth work at Plymouth is about 10 people, maybe not even that big. And so for our guys, it can be a real kind of like culture shock to come to here and then to come back. But that's just some ideas to kind of get you thinking about what you've done. So as you guys have been doing stuff out on the streets, we've been asking God to do miracle, you know, the miracle question. Uh, and again, you might want to do the miracle question when you get home, just regularly. If you don't know what the miracle question is, 
The miracle question is you go up to someone and you say, hello, can I ask you a question? And they say yes or they say no. And if they say no, you say, thank you very much. It's been great to talk to you. If they say yes, you say this. If God could do any miracle in your life, what would it be? And that opens up a question. That opens up a conversation. It might be something difficult. It might be something easy. But you start to wrestle with those things. And again, you can do that in your youth groups. You might want to do that in your school. You might want to be able to do that just as you're walking around the playground at lunchtime. If you go to college and you've got some big gaps between your lessons, you might want to do it there. You might want to say, do you know what, it's going to walk around campus. Or if you're in a college where you can go into your town centre at lunch or just if you've got a free period between second and fourth lectures, you can go and do that. It's really simple. You can just take it and you can do it. And if you're someone who, like the guys at Plymouth often say, but we're not very big. No, but you are you and you can begin to make a difference you can begin to do what you're doing and maybe grab a friend to go with you at the same time, which would be super helpful. So that's just a couple of quick thoughts and quick ideas from me. And I'm going to hand it over to Paige. And she's going to tell you her story of when she began kind of... Well, no, she can tell her story. There's no point in me telling it because you're going to tell it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Paige! Thank you. That's a nice welcome. Can everyone hear me? I do have quite a quiet voice. Can you nod if you can hear me? At the back. Perfect. So, um, apologies if you were here on Tuesday for the seminar. Some of this might seem a little bit familiar. I did share a bit of my story then. Um, But I'm going to go into a bit more detail about my journey, um, learning how to tell people about Jesus, really. And um, I'd like to just start off by saying that I'm still learning. Um, Even when I tell you a couple of stories and kind of go into a bit more detail about what I do. So I currently work for Christ Community Church, Attleboro. Um, Did anyone come out with me yesterday or the day before to Attleboro? No one. That's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, my journey kind of started um, in evangelism when Jesus totally transformed my life. He transformed my heart and I could not stop telling my friends about him really any chance I would get and um, they would come to me and they would say Paige you're just so peaceful what is that about and then I'd be like yes this is about Jesus my favorite person in the whole world and um, my the first person I ever got to lead to Jesus was um, my friend called Alex Um, we went to college together and um, what happened was he um, finished university and he came home and I was the only one of our friends left and he um he just asked me what are you doing tonight and I said well I'm helping on this alpha course tonight and he said can I come and I was like yeah (laughs) um I'll pick you up at this time and so I took him um to our alpha course and we ate together every week and he met some more people from my church um, and we had the Holy Spirit away day, and he encountered something of the love of God, but he, it wasn't like he stepped over the line at that point. Um, I just continued to be his friend after that because I liked him as a person, um, and I thought he was great. And we um, started just hanging out with some more people from church, and maybe a few, sort of three months later, we were just sitting in Starbucks, and he just said to me, I think I'd like to give my life to Jesus now. <laughs> I was like, really? You really want to? Are you sure about this? Like, tell me what's gone on. And, and, and he re- had really thought about it. And so I got to lead him to Jesus while we were eating a sausage sandwich in Starbucks. And um, I just thought, this is really fun. <laughs> 
outreach is fun. Evangelism is fun. I love telling people about Jesus. I want to do this more. And um, then a lady from the local high school came to me and said, oh, I heard you're doing a year out. Um, we're thinking about maybe doing something in our school to tell people about Jesus. Would you be up for helping us? And I was like, yeah. Um, the only thing I know how to do is something called the Alpha Course. And I think they've got some resources. Would that be all right if we just do that? Um, and so I made a, t- a little poster on Publisher on my laptop and printed it off at home. And um, we just put them up around the school. And on the first um, evening, I just bought like 10 donuts. I was like, sort of expecting probably like three people. 40 young people came. And they came every week for the whole 10 weeks. And um, I didn't know. I did not know what I was doing. I had no idea. I just read from the script pretty much and just had faith that God would do something with it. Um, I just said to him, I've not really got a lot. I don't know how to do this, but I trust that you can do more. And um, during the course of those 10 weeks, 10 of those young girls um, said they wanted to follow Jesus and in a real, in a really deep way. And that really inspired me. But still at this time, I was like, not really sure what I'm good at. I don't know. And my church leader came to me and said, Paige, we think you're kind of maybe good at evangelism. And I was like, nah, I'm too quiet. I can't do that. Um, I just like talking to people one-on-one. I'm not loud like these big evangelists. I can't really talk in front of people. Um, And they said, no, no, we can see that gift in you. We're going to try and look for some training for you. Anyway, that summer I did Outreach Boot Camp, which was two years ago. And um, I just had this, like, I just felt compelled that I needed to go on this outreach. Um, I was probably more keen than our young people. And we had the best time ever. I learned so many tools um, that I could use to tell my friends about Jesus. And I found that I really loved kind of that... Um, cold contact, one-on-one with people, just loving them and listening to them on the streets. And I found that a lot of them were quite lonely. And I just loved being able to listen and then just respond with the love of God. Um, And then at the end, they offered an internship. And I was looking at the bullet points and I was like, oh, Lord, this has to be for me. So I applied for that and got in. And so I did a whole year with Christ Community Church in Attleboro. And on my first day, I'd literally just moved there. I didn't know anyone very well at all. And um, Rob, who's literally just walked in at the back, and you might have seen him on main stage, he said to me, right, Paige, um, today you're going to go out for three hours into the Attleboro Town Centre and tell people about Jesus. And I was like, I can't do that. So um, I walked around for about an hour with some alpha leaflets, just wandering, praying, And um, Christine gave me some encouragement. And then I just walked up to that one person and I gave them the one leaflet and they completely rejected me. But then I was like, right, I can do this now. So um, I spent a whole year, pretty much every day, maybe probably four times a week, going into the town centre of Attleboro, sitting on a bench, um, literally not knowing what I was doing at all and just saying, Lord, help me, please. Um, I want to tell people about Jesus, but I'm so nervous. Um, Would you just um, line something up for me today? Tell me where to go. Give me a place. um, Show me a person. And that started off a process of learning how to hear from God. Um, Not always getting it right at all. Um, But um, if I can share a story. So I just literally one day 
um, said to God, like, where should we go today? Like, let's go on an adventure, where should we go? And um, I just felt like a small compulsion to go into this one tiny cafe. And um, I always share this story um, because it starts off with the quiet, still voice of God. And I think that's really helpful. Sometimes it's um, easy to forget that God speaks to us kind of in gentle ways sometimes. Um, so I walked into this cafe, got a piece of cake. It was great. Sat down with my coffee. And I just said, God, like, I'm available. Use me. And this lady came and sat down on the table next to me. And we just chatted about the weather. Um, and I find that I do that a lot because Brits like to talk about the weather. And um, they're usually pretty up for that. And also I find that going into cafes is really helpful. So I, I still do that a lot now. Because um, people have taken some time out of their day to just sit down and relax. And they're normally quite um, open to conversation, I find. And it's a public place, so they feel like they, they're free to leave at any time. Um, so I was there with this lady and she asked me what I do and I said I work for the church and she was like, oh, are you the people that are doing this event ne next week? And I was like, yeah, that's us. So I'd been handing out leaflets like all the time, every day for our alpha course, for our alpha launch. And um, so I was really pleased that somebody had actually remembered that it was one. And um, she was like, that's so weird. I was just thinking about that when you started speaking to me. Anyway, um, She'd left. We just had a nice conversation, really. And she booked onto our ALF course, did it every week. Um, and then uh, on the healing night, we prayed for her knee. She got healed. And then she was like, I just want to be all in now. So we prayed with her. And um, that was incredible. And that's not to say that it hasn't been an easy journey from then on. People have mess in their lives. We all do. And it's not without its challenges. But I just found like that was the most fun thing in the world. Like, I got to meet this stranger and then make friends with them and bring them through um, so that her perception had totally changed about Jesus and that she'd learned more about him and decided to follow him. So yeah, then I um, went on a process of like words of knowledge. Like I really wanted to um, kind of grasp words of knowledge and be getting it right. Um, and I went out one afternoon. I was like, Lord, you need to speak to me. Give me some words of knowledge. And I spent the whole afternoon going up to people like, hi, is your name Dave? And he'd be like, no, it's Vince. And then I'll be like, hi, is your name Susan? Have you got four children and your son, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, no, that's not me. Um, and that was a real journey of like hearing from God but I had to do that so many times like evangelism isn't glamorous all the time when we hear big stories it, it makes it seem like this is an everyday thing this happens all the time but actually it's not evangelism a lot of the time is just persevering it's not glamorous but I find in the glimpses when you get to see people's perceptions change that's where the fun is and that's where I really experience God I don't know if maybe you can relate to that um, we got to see lots of healing on the streets um, as well. Um, I don't have time to go into any stories about that. But um, then uh, one day I, was just re I felt really compelled that we should start doing something, something a bit more. I was praying into it and I chatted with Rob, my church leader, and said, I think I want to do a home alpha course. So I was like, great, go for it. Um, so I'd really encourage you, if there's someone back home that you feel like you can really chat to and grapple with these things about, if you've got dreams and ideas, please go home and chat to them. And, and I'm sure they would love to kind of help you plan that and dream that and um, bring it through to completion. 
um, and it was very, very organic. Um, we didn't kind of push it. We made a few leaflets, but it was mostly like word of mouth. And um, Shannon and I opened up our home, and we literally just watched the Alpha DVDs um, on our laptop in our lounge. Our lounge is very small, but and it was quite cozy. And I just asked someone from church every week, would you mind just cooking for six of us? Um, it was so easy um, to just open up your home. I don't know whether um, you might have a room at your school that you think someone might let you use. You can just use the Alpha DVDs on a laptop, and um, God can really use that. And we saw um, one person healed quite dramatically. Um, we've seen people say, um, I, before I started the Alpha course, I was severely depressed, and now I'm not going to my counselor anymore because I feel so much better. And she said, uh, that sadness that I had, I've given that to Jesus now. And we're still working with her. She's um, one of our neighbors. We have her over for dinner. Um, It's just working, it's kind of trying to work around who is my sphere of influence? Who are the people that I interact with every day? And I committed to pray for these people um, as much as I could every day. I don't always get that right, but um, I'm on a journey with that too. And who, who am I working with? And when I go into our supermarket, Lidl, I always try and go to the same person every time, ask them how their day is, ask them how their week's going, ask them how their family is. Um, we've made some good friends with the people in the curry house because we love curry. And so we go in there quite regularly as, as an evangelistic mission, of course. Um, and that's been really fun too, seeing that perception change. They're all Muslims, learning from them. They're learning from us. We're just making friends, really. Um, so I don't know if you like going to the kebab house. Why don't you maybe try doing that? Get some good kebabs. Um, think about who is your sphere of influence? Who am I interacting with on a daily basis? Um, and then f- there's some really great resources out there. I would really commend Alpha to you. It's so easy. It's all there for you on a plate. If you're doing it in your school, you can just buy some sweets. People normally come for free sweets. Um, and just see how it goes and pray. Pray would be my big top tip. And the Holy Spirit, is hi- it's his desire more than yours to see your friends and your family saved. So trust in that. And um, keep it organic. Is that all right? I'm going to hand over to Jazz. Well done, that's fabulous. Paige's story is absolutely remarkable. I love it. I love hearing every year I get to see her. I only get to see her once a year. And just to to see how much she is going on in terms of evangelism is huge. Um, We've got a short while left, so I've got a couple of things that I want to do with you. But one of the things that um, Father spoke to me about this morning, in fact all week, is a verse um, in 1 Peter 3, uh, verse 15. It says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and with respect. And that's really important. You know, we're going to send you out of here today and you're going to go back home. You've got a few more weeks of summer holiday, then you go back into school, college, whatever you're doing, work. And um, people will see something in you. And you need to be ready to give an answer. But the key for me is with gentleness and respect. We don't want you going around causing arguments with people and stressing people out. Nobody, as far as I know, has ever come to know Jesus by someone arguing with them. But actually, if you're looking to lift people up, looking to love them, looking to honor them, looking to bless them with your words, that will speak powerfully to them. 
people generally want to be loved. They don't want to be dissed for what they believe. And they already kind of know that what they believe might not be right. But we want to equip you for when, we go, when you go back. And I often hear from people, Jazz, our youth group isn't very big. Jazz, our youth group isn't really very evangelistic. I'm like the odd keeny in my youth group. And I don't know quite what to do with it. I want to introduce you to Ali. Ali, would you like to come up? Slowly. Yes, give her a hand. Ali is our youth worker at Croydon. So I serve the church as the evangelist. Sorry, I didn't explain that. You might have thought I was a youth worker because I'm so cool and trendy, but I'm not. Um, Ali is our youth worker. And uh, I've known Ali for a fair, well, for 18 years, in fact. And um, Ali loves young people. She loves the church. But truthfully, you would say that evangelism isn't, like high on your agenda no I if I'm brutally honest don't really like it at all and also I don't really like talking to people I don't know I find that incredibly difficult um and being in a place like this walking down like all through here and everybody's really nice and smiley and chatty and like hi good morning and I'm like morning and I'm like inside I'm like don't talk to me please don't talk to me um so yes so that's my experience of evangelism it's something I fear (laughs) we're working on that with her but Ali would you say that evangelism is important well Jesus says so, so yes, I think it's incredibly, incredibly important and it is definitely high on my list for my young people and myself. Okay, so recognising that that's not the area that you really enjoy, what is it you do to bring an evangelistic heart to your youth work? So, we do lots of stuff. Um, I am very, very blessed to have a paid evangelist in my church, um, which is wonderful. So I get to use the different people in the church to do that. So at our Youth Weekends Away, we allocate time for teaching on it, but like you've had a week, we also go on treasure hunts. But I don't lead that because obviously, as you heard, it's not something that I want to do, but I will always join in and do as much as I can but Jazz will come along she'll do the teaching and then we'll go out and actively do that so we put allocated time in the timetable to have the teaching to go out and do it and we also encourage our young people in the schools to start up CUs and things like that and to do that I haven't got the gifting to do that because I find it difficult so we use Jazz or we use other people in the church to do that we also hopefully once a year but we haven't done it this year because I got pregnant again (laughs) Um, so last year um, we took a group of our young people over to Italy to a church that we're part of over there to take a mission out so we try to do as much as we can going out 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 as much as we can and I facilitate with administration rather than actually leading it thank you Ali that's great you can sit down now give her a hand She's had to talk to all these strangers. It's quite difficult for her. (laughs) Thank you, Ali. Um, The reason that I said that and got Ali to come up and share what she said is that your youth work or your youth leader may not be passionate about evangelism unless, of course, you've got Matt Hoyes as your youth leader, who is the most passionate evangelist I think I've ever met in my whole life. And um, 
But there are ways that you can do. There are things that you can do to bring that in, especially if you are the keenest person. Annoy your youth leader until they have got it in the program and they are doing something about it. And say, this is what I learned to outreach and this is what we can do. Um, the other thing that I teach a lot at home, and um, uh, Simon's alluded to it, Paige has definitely talked about it, is for me, I think the heart of all of this comes down to friendship evangelism. That is making genuine friends with people that don't yet know Jesus. I don't like calling them non-Christians. He wants to be a non-anything. But people that don't yet know Jesus, they, those are the people that I want you to reach. Imagine just for one moment, there's like about 50 of you sitting here. Just imagine that if you went home and you decided that in this year you're going to pursue one person and you're going to love them and you're going to care for them and you're going to be a genuine friend and you are going to get them to New Day next year. And by the time they get to New Day next year, they come and they hear the different things that are going on and they get saved. That would be 50 new people that have become Christians. Imagine if they did that again and there's a hundred the following year. I mean, we would like outgrow this site really quickly, especially if we don't wait a year. Especially if actually it happens much more quickly than that. I can't tell God the timing, but God does it in his own timing. In a moment, um, so yeah, so at home base, I talk about the fact, I talk about red events, amber events, and green events. And everything that we do as a church is color-coded, red, amber, green. So... Red events, red is stop. Stop, we're not going to talk about Jesus. And I concentrate all my energies on putting on red events. Sometimes they're really big, big events. And sometimes I say to people, when you have a drink with someone after work, or when you go for a coffee with a friend, or when you go to the kebab shop and get some chips and you walk home together, that's actually a red event. So it doesn't matter whether it's a huge thing or a one-on-one thing. You're not there to blast people with the name Jesus. You are just there to care for them and love them and be their friend. And that's really important. And all of my energy goes into the red event. Um, and I believe that the bigger, more red events you do, the bigger your fringe is. If your church or your youth group has a big fringe, then actually it's really easy to look into that fringe and invite them to what I call an amber event. So an amber event would be something like maybe our carol service or maybe your baptism or maybe a dedication or something that's going on at church where people expect you to talk about Jesus. They think there might be some singing. Maybe it's a youth event, something that's happening that you can invite them to and think, well, yeah, they're going to be all right with it because they're used to me and I put quite a lot of energy into the amber event and then I talk about a green event so green go and that's where you're going to go with the gospel so you're going to actually preach the gospel you're going to make an appeal you're going to ask people to respond the reason I color code it it's not so that people out in the world understand what I'm talking about is so you know how to invite somebody to that event so if it's a red event oh yeah I can invite everybody to that because they're going to be all right with that and if it's an amber event there's a whole group of people I can invite to that and actually some people are really ready for the green event and you know how to invite them so they're not going to feel awkward or pressurized but they kind of know what's going to happen so a green event would be an alpha course or it could be a a gospel healing service or it could be new day next year because you know that they're going to preach the gospel clearly and they're going to make a response so that's kind of how I teach it at home and if that's a helpful tool just for you to think oh yeah I can invite that person but actually I'm just going to concentrate on making friends and loving people and loving people 
into the kingdom. And I said it earlier this week, I can't stress it enough. Love people because you genuinely love them. Choose to be a friend of theirs because you genuinely want to be a friend, not because you want another notch on your evangelism post of whatever description it is. It's not about the numbers. It's about genuinely caring for people. Jesus, one people, one person at a time. We'll do this one person at a time. And our churches will be transformed. It's Q&A now. Okay, so we've kind of given you just some ideas and thoughts. And the reason we've done it this way is to hopefully kind of get you going, oh, yeah, actually, that could work. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know. We know the reality is that the church that Jazz is in Croydon is very different from where we're in Plymouth, which is very different from Attleboro, which is very different from Norwich, which is very different from wherever you are. So all that we've shared, we know is kind of our stories, and it may not exactly translate for you where you are. And so really, it's just an opportunity now for you guys to ask some questions. Maybe it's just about your own personal, how I grow in doing it, how do I get more confidence in doing it, how do I become like Paige and be able to just go up to random people and just see them healed instantly when I pray for them, sometimes. Because <laughs> that's important, we say the sometimes bit. You know, so just go, have we got any questions? If we can do hands up, that would be really helpful. Then we can see. There's a question there. Let's come and find, excuse me while I don't walk on your sofa, your sofa pillow. Okay, here is, okay, have you got questions to ask about the outreach? Or at least, no, it's fine. Okay, carry on. We'll come on. So, anyone got any questions about kind of how you can grow in this yourself? Or any challenges, anything that's not working for you? Question over there. Sorry, I do apologize. Okay, it's a long way over there. Okay, here is question number one. First of all, what's your name and where do you come from? My name's from Neve and I come from Worthing. Your name's from Neve. Your name's Neve and you come from Jubilee Weather. Okay, what's your question? How do you personally hear from God and how do you use that to evangelize? Excellent. Jazz, how do you personally hear from God and how do you use that to evangelize or to share your faith? Um, so I would pursue the whole thing of words of knowledge and, um, and that's just waiting in God. For me, I get like an impression, I get a sense or a feeling and I have to open my mouth and go with it and, um, and then God adds more. But I think you train yourself in that. So Paige talked about it quite clearly. She said, you know, she got it wrong lots and lots of times, and I did too. But the more you practice it, the more you give yourself to it, the more used to you get, oh, that's how God speaks to me. Oh, that's how I know God's speaking. And you get that sense and actually become sharper and sharper and sharper. But there is a moment where you give yourself to it. You say, yeah, I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to give myself to practicing that, and I'm not going to get discouraged when I get it wrong. And actually, the more you do it, I find God is just faithful. And, um, and so when I'm talking to somebody, I'll start dropping things in, and they're like, how do you know that? How do you know that? And people often say, Jazz, you're reading me like a book. And that's the Holy Spirit. I think, as, uh, as Jazz has just said, it's practice as well. So I'm not like Paige, and Paige is not like me. So I'm fairly loud page isn't page loves one-to-one i find that more challenging actually myself and in terms of words of knowledge or prophetic words i i I rarely use that in one-to-one conversation myself what i've tried to grow in as i've learned as well is perhaps on a sunday morning 
uh, in a Sunday service, if you feel God's got a word for someone and you think, oh, I'm not sure if I can go and actually talk to that person about it, there might be that you can share that from the front and say, you know, I, I think someone here is, or whatever. And in that way, I've actually found I've grown. And what I've done in when we've prayed particularly for healing on a Sunday is I'll, I'll, I'll say, I think I've got this, this, and this. And actually, when someone then comes forward with that, you go, oh, I heard it right. You know, and actually, I found that really encouraging. And the more you say things and the more you kind of go for it, the more you can hear. And again, that might just be a, you know, in terms of the question, how you use that for evangelism. If you get a word and it's like, I think I'm going to see someone wearing a kind of yellowy, orangey, ochery top with kind of jeans and a lanyard around, and you're kind of looking, and then there's someone there wearing that. Oh, hi, Ali. Uh, then you might go over to them and just say, hi. You might want to say, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Simon, part of the local church, and we're just here to asking people about what they think about Jesus, or something like that. So I'm not necessarily kind of going in with this kind of target thing, but it's just an, an opening. Okay, any other thoughts, questions? Going to come this way. This was a first hand. I knew we'd get there in the end. Okay, question. How do you carry on to, um, bringing Jesus up into the conversation without your friends hating you? How do you carry on bringing Jesus into a conversation without your friends hating you? Very good. So... Let's go back to that red, amber, green scenario that I gave you. Everybody is on a journey towards Jesus. They might be miles and miles and miles away, or they might be really, really close. You just don't know where they are on their journey. They don't know where they are on their journey. And I think you just have to use some wisdom. If you know that you're winding your friends up, you just need to shut up at that yeah. point. You just It's about loving them, just loving them caring for them, meeting their needs where they are at, and, um, and then praying for them. It's what you do in your private time. You go back and you're, you're praying for them. You're, you're just caring for them and letting God do that bit. God does. It's his responsibility to do the converting. It's his responsibility to do the conviction. We don't bring conviction on people. So just love them. Yeah. I think Jazz said, just be their friend because you're, you're their friend. They like you. You like them. That's going to carry on. And I think, you know, when I was growing up, most, well, all of my friends knew I go to church. They just know it because that's what you do. They know, they know what football team you support. They know whether you take swimming lessons or diving lessons or whether you're into crochet or whatever it is because they just know that that's the case. Has Christine, have you got an answer to that one as well? Cool. Christine Turvet, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I just had a little thought that sometimes it's about laughing at yourself as well. Good. Um, so, so when I was growing up and I would be talking about Jesus quite a bit, I'd say, oh, I'm really sorry. I know I'm talking about him again and just having a bit of a laugh and say, oh, I just can't help it. Sorry. So I think sometimes it's just not taking yourself too seriously and, um, just having a little bit of fun with it as well. There was a question in here somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, when do you, um, know almost when to... Uh, when like a situation is getting a bit toxic, or so. so you're in a group of friends, they know that you're a Christian, etc. And it's come up every now and then, but at the end of the day, it is sort of like your friends are trying to push you away, etc. So when do you say, you know what, actually, it's time to stop, or is it time to keep, do you keep going? In terms of stopping, stopping the conversation or stopping the friendship? Stopping the friendship, okay. So if you kind of get into the zone and it's just like, it's, it's kind of not really kind of connecting, it's not working, it's actually getting quite toxic in that friendship, 
when do you kind of step away from that? Jazz, do you just want to share a little bit? Because you were talking in terms of just that whole friendship part. How do you walk with people who are completely opposite to you? Maybe even, I don't know whether something of you. That's a really, really good question. And I like the fact that you recognize that some friendships are not helpful. And uh, the Bible talks about that um, who you hang out with affects your character. It affects what happens to you. So you have to take some wisdom. As if I'm hanging out with these people and I'm being more drawn into the things that they're doing, then perhaps this is not a good place, a good environment for me to be in. And then you have to just use some wisdom and discernment and say, actually, this is not for me. I need to step out. Um, I have a good friend who is a club angel. Do you know what I mean when I say a club angel? She, um, she and a team in Croydon go into the local clubs at the end uh, during club nights, and they minister to people. They, they've actually got a whole uniform. They're accepted by clubs. Um, they care for people who get too drunk. They um, and who have done drugs and all sorts of things. They are outstanding, and they're relevant, and they're they're good at it. But I wouldn't send everybody in on that team because they'd get more drawn into that culture than actually be. Um, you know, speaking out for Jesus and doing the things that they need to do. So it does depend a lot on your personality. And at that point, I would say, talk to your youth leader. If you're finding something's too toxic, or talk to somebody that's wiser than you. Say, actually, this isn't good for me. And maybe you do need to take a step back and let someone else. Yeah, just, you know, get Toppy's talk downloaded and just listen to it a few times because I think that would be really helpful. Um, I know for me, it's... Um, there have been friendships where actually I know that that's not been healthy for me and I have walked away. And actually, that's, that's okay. Um, because ultimately, we're talking about friendship. Friendship is people that you like, who like you, and you like being together. If actually you're in a relationship with someone and they're constantly trying to get you to do something bad, then it's not a friendship. <laughs> you know, so friends are, are friends for, for a reason. So there was a question over here, and then I'll come back to this one in a minute. Was that question still over here? There was one, we asked that one, and was there another one over here? Was he, was he, was he? No, we'll come back to this question in a moment. What was your question? At what point do you know when you should start inviting someone who you have invited to a red event to an amber and then amber to green? How do you know when to someone you've been inviting to a red, how do you know when they're ready for an amber and how do you know if an amber's ready for a green? Um, that's Holy Spirit wisdom and you just have to think, actually, this, pers- this person is ready. If, are you baptised? Yeah. So... Okay, that's not a good example, but my son got baptized a couple of years ago and he invited all of his school friends because actually that's a really legitimate thing to invite somebody to and that was an amber event as far as I'm concerned. I think you just have to use a bit of wisdom and discernment and Holy Spirit. Yeah, actually this person's ready to come to the next thing. They can come to my Sunday morning service or they can come to our youth weekend away or whatever it is that's going on. Yeah, it's not a clear answer. You just kind of got to go with what you feel at the time. Uh, and I think as well, if, if you've invited someone maybe a bit too quickly, again, like Christine said, it's almost that kind of like, sorry, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, oh, sorry, it was sorry. my fault. I got it wrong. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's fine. You were talking about words of knowledge, and I wonder whether you could tell me, like, when, when you know something is from God, or like a word or a picture... And when, when it's maybe just your kind of fabrication in mind to trying to think about something that is from God, but it's actually you. Like, do you, do you know when a word is from God? 
Cool. So how do you know when a word is from God or you just made it up? <laughs> um, I think it's a great question. Um, I'm still learning. Um, and I think as Paige said, she's still learning. And probably Jazz is still learning as well. Sometimes you just, you, sometimes you just don't know. And you've got to go for it and be faithful with it. And actually, sometimes it's not. Uh, and you have to just go, as, as, again, as Jazz has said, you know, actually, or it was Paige, you know, hi, is your name Dave? <laughs> no, it's Susan. You know, it's kind of like, you know, those moments you just go, my bad, I'm sorry. But equally, you just might, just, that might also be an opening for a conversation anyway. You go, oh, sorry, I got it wrong. I'm just like trying to, you know, talk to people about Jesus and, you know, got that bit wrong, but, you know, would you like to talk to me? You know, it might just be an opening in. It might be a bad one, but it might be an opening in as well. But I think for me, it's that moment of I just feel something in my heart and it won't just disappear. And so actually, I've got to share it. And if it's wrong, it's wrong and I got it wrong. And if it's right, it might just change someone's eternal destiny. And so I'm going to be faithful. I don't mind looking silly, but I do mind if people go to hell. And so, actually, I want people to encounter Jesus. And so, that's, for, for, for me, I'm just going to give it a go and see what happens. I think, as Jazz said, just trying to feel a little bit of it in the conversation. So, even as, I think, Paige said, you know, have you, are you a mum with four kids? You know, just as part of the conversation, you start to say, you know, do you have any children? And if they go, yes, four, you go, yes. You don't obviously go, yeah, I know, because that's a bit creepy. Um, but, you know, it just might, just in terms of conversation. So I think it's a case of practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes it more common. Sometimes you just get a sense about somebody. You don't have to tell them what you've got that sense about, but you treat them knowing that there's an issue there that you can help them with. Does that make sense? And you don't have to discharge every word that you've got going on in your head. It's just sometimes you just hold back and you go, no, the Holy Spirit's here. He's highlighting this person to me. So I'm just going to carry on that conversation and ministering the best way I can. Cool. I'm just going to hand the mic to Rob. Rob's kind of been leading outreach. You've seen him uh, on the, the, the stage a few times and sharing stuff and encouraging us and enthusing us and just got something for us. I think I just really want to very simply encourage you guys to really just go for it and have a go. Um, sometimes you can just feel a burning sense that you really want to reach your friends and, and kind of let that rise up within you and turn into some kind of plan. Um, I remember when I was about 16, me and another friend, um, we just had that rising sort of burning inside us. I want my friends to know about Jesus. And we, we let that kind of, we let that come out. We talked about it and we turned it into a plan and we invited um, 30 of our friends one Christmas to do just a special Christmas event at our church. We got someone to come and do the speaking. It wasn't run by the youth group. We just thought we're going to do something that is perfectly designed for what we think our friends need. And we just went with it. And the church were really supportive. And, um, and actually a couple of the people that came to that are now baptized and now in churches we didn't see a kind of dramatic breakthrough moment that night, but it was the start for us. And so I just really want to encourage you, go with it. Like your, your plans may feel like, sometimes I've had ideas about evangelism that I've looked back on and thought, oh, I'm a bit embarrassed of that now. But actually God was in it and God still used it. And, and so just this, this simple encouragement, do go with it, have a go and see what God does. Brilliant. 
Michael, what I would like us to do before we go is um, I'd love to pray for you all. I think there's um, some stuff to be released. So perhaps if you would just, just, let's stand up, let's stand up. And um, I appreciate there's music going on. It may distract you, but give your attention to Jesus. In fact, in your hearts and just maybe quietly, you want to say, Jesus, I give you my attention. And the Holy Spirit's here. And earlier on when I said, when you go home, there may be one friend that you're going to pursue and a name dropped into your heart. And if a name didn't drop into your heart, then let that name drop in right now. And there's maybe somebody at school or college, a neighbor, a cousin, a relative, maybe a parent, maybe somebody at your Saturday job, maybe somebody at work, but their face is right before you right now. Just want you to consider them for a moment and they don't yet know Jesus. And allow your hearts just to love that person. And purpose in your heart that this year you are going to do everything you can to love that person. And to tell them something of your story, of your journey, of what God has done for you. To be ready to invite them to the thing that is appropriate for them. And maybe even see them at New Day next year. And just as we're having this encounter with Jesus, because he's here, he's walking around and he's ministering to you one after another. For some of you, he's just downloading like a blueprint, a plan of things that you are going to do when you go home. For some of you, that will be going to start to see you in your school. For others of you, it will be inviting someone just to have a one-on-one prayer time with you or a Bible study. For some of you that are just planning, how am I going to put on an alpha, but I'm going to do it. And there are others thinking, I'm going to put on a Christmas event this year. It's going to happen. I'm going to join in with a Christmas event. I'm going to get involved and I'm going to invite others. There's some of you that will get baptized this year and you're going to use that as an opportunity to invite all of your friends to see you get baptized. I really think there's something on that one, that baptism one. It keeps coming back to me. For others of you, you're thinking, I'm going to do a youth weekend away and I'm going to invite X, Y, and Z. But those plans are being downloaded right now. And I want you to kind of articulate them. I want you to uh, consider them. Let the weight of those plans hit you. And even before you leave today, I want you to tell somebody what Father has said to you this morning. So you put some weight to it. But it doesn't just stay in your mind, but that you become accountable to someone. You know, at the end of the day, nobody on this team is going to chase you about what you say this morning or what's happened between you and Father. But the Holy Spirit is with you. And if he's downloaded something to you, then he's going to equip you and resource you to do that thing. He's not going to leave you hanging dry. 
And again, it's not about the result, the conversion experience at the end. It's not about the numbers. It's about being faithful with the bit that God has given you. And let him do the converting. And he will be faithful as you are faithful. So, Father, I thank you for this army. I thank you for every person that is here. I thank you for every plan that you are downloading and for every person that they have considered this morning that doesn't yet know you. And Father, I pray that this group of people here will bear much fruit in this year, that they will see many of their friends, one, and added, saved and added to the church. But Father, next year when they come to New Day, they will bring more than double, more than double what they have brought this year. So just come, Holy Spirit, come and just just land on people, seal it into their hearts this morning. Amen. Just on the back of what Jazz has uh, shared there, on your way out when you're ready to go, uh, we've got these little cards, these are little uh, average cards we put together uh, the last few years. Um, on the front it says New Day, on the back it says, I commit to praying every week for these three friends on their journey to know Jesus. When you, get, when you leave him, we've got the guys at the back, they'd love to let you have at least one of those. And you can put it in whatever it is that will make you remember to do it. Uh, I use, sometimes use the things in the back of my phone. Just put it in the cover like that. Um, it might be a bit weird if their names are on the back, so you might just want to put it on there. That way around so they can know that that's what you're, uh, you're up, you know, that it just reminds you to pray for those three friends. We're at time here. We're going to be around for a little while. If you want to speak to us, ask us any more questions, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. Otherwise, have an amazing last day at New Day. God bless you in all that you're going back to. May you be uh, bearing much fruit and may your feet be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. God bless you guys. Have a good rest of your new day.